Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. An Erio's original. Welcome to the Mother of All Shows, the podcast that takes a deep dive into motherhood and parenting with a comedic twist. Because if we can't laugh that we're constantly spraying our children sunscreen sanitizer, sunscreen sanitizer, then we're all screwed. I'm your host, Kimmy Gatewood. We are still in a global pandemic, but a lot has happened since we last put out an episode of the Mother of All Shows. Inequalities have forced white Americans to acknowledge their privilege and start addressing racism in our country. As a parent, navigating this time can be overwhelming. How do we talk to our kids about the protests, race, racism? If you haven't, why not? My daughter Lottie is five, so the conversation I am having is different than that of a teenager. As parents, we have to talk to kids about a host of uncomfortable topics, anything from consent to masturbation to why did they bleep that part of Hamilton? If it's a bad word, why are they saying it? What the f***? Stop bleeping me, Tracy. But this topic and this time is important to not shy away from or be complacent. So I found the most awesome person to help me talk about this topic with kids. My interview today is with Amber Coleman-Mortley. She is the Director of Social Engagements at iCivics, the nonprofit started by Sandra Day O'Connor to promote civic engagement among children and educators using games and digital resources. She is a fantastic educator, was a decorated college athlete, and holds a BA in African American Studies from Oberlin College and a Master of Communications from American University in Media Entrepreneurship. She has a blog, Mom of All Capes, which covers parenting strategies, and she is a mom of three daughters aged 12, 11, and 9. Plus, they started a podcast together during the pandemic called Let's K-12 Better. So let's get to my conversation with Amber. So my name is Amber Coleman-Mortley. Um, by day, I am the Director of Social Engagement at iCivics. iCivics makes video games and lesson plans and civic content. Super fun job. And then by night, you know, I do the podcast with my kids, Let's K-12 Better, um, I have three awesome daughters, uh, 12, 11, and 9. So I, I call them my back-to-back championships. Because um, <laughs> I'm an athlete, so I'm like, yeah, like, we did it, you know? So uh, <laughs> it's a awesome. It's awesome. Cannot complain. Aww. Uh So first of all, the iCivic sounds incredible, and I would definitely encourage all of our listeners to check it out. Um yes. So we're right now we're talking about racism in our country. Mm-hmm. And how does this does the iCivics program specifically deal with that or is it how to does it talk to children about racism in our country or is it just talking about the mechanics of uh how the country works? Yeah, it's more mechanics of how the country works, right? Mm-hmm. Um a lot about teaching kids like how should this work. You know, we're doing a lot of work on equity 
as an organization, right? And also a lot of pushing um, policy, like why doesn't every state have a civic education policy? And if we're pushing for policy, like what does that mean for all kids? So, you know, we do a lot of uh, introspective thought on, you know, especially in this moment, we're doing a lot of introspective thought on race. But I would say like our organization focuses primarily on how does or how should civics work? How should government work? How does, how does one run for the presidency? How does, um, what is the executive branch? What does the legislative branch do? How do they work together, right? How do they work against each other? What are balances, uh, you know, what are the balances of power um, between the three branches, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I really think that that's still a component of understanding our system, right? If we're going to change things in our country, we need to understand the systems at play so that we can make policies that are more equitable, right? So that mm-hmm. we can, you know, connect our communities with each other in our communities around, you know, hey, this is kind of broken. Like, what can we do about it? What are the steps to making the the, the changes that we need to see? Um, and then looking at systems in government and saying, well, what's actually not working, you know? And and are there spaces like in the constitution that says we can make these changes? So, you know, I, I would say we don't necessarily tackle racism itself, but we do provide an opportunity for people to educate themselves around how do we use the system to be better. So what kind of conversations, I mean, obviously you, you have a podcast with your children. What kind of conversations have you been having about these protests, about these videos, about the murders that are happening. Yeah, I definitely will say my kids and I, we talk about race, right? All the time, right? Because we are Black people in America. Like, let's be honest, we have to talk about it, um, not because we always want to talk about it. And so, you know, this was just, this instance was just another conversation of many that my daughters and I have, right? You know, something will happen in school, for example, like with my daughter's hair, you know, some boys put their hands in her hair without asking. Um, And, you know, she was like, what's that about? And we had to, you know, we talked about it. The school handled it well, but we still had to talk about that. Right. So, you know, our identities force us to have these conversations all the time. I think right now in this moment, you know, we talked about, you know, what what are the families feeling in this moment? right? Like what empathy can we have for families? How can we connect with people who want to be allies right now, right? Like what's some way that we can connect the dots so that, you know, encouraging like our white friends, encouraging our non-Black friends of color to to do things, right? Because they have a desire to want to change, right? And to want to participate. Um, So, you know, how can we be helpful in that way? Also just discussions around like, you know, how do they feel about this, right? Because this is a huge historic moment. So like, you know, what are your feelings? What what are your fears? You know, what are the things that, um, you know, have caused you to pause a bit? My daughters and I, we watched, um, you know, protests on Snapchat. And so the media, you know, for the first couple weeks of the protests was telling one story. Um, but we decided to go on Snapchat and look through the eyes of someone who was down there. Right. And then after doing that, we had a family discussion like, well, what did, what's different over here that was different over here? These two people are about a mile apart. You know, how is it? How are how are things different between that mile? Right. What's the what's the attitude going on? You know, what's the environment like? Oh, my um, God. That yeah. should be the title of your book. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like the, the mile long difference. What's yeah. different? 
Oh my God, we've done it. Okay, are you going to write my forward? Yes, you got anything you want. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. I try to keep it light while Mm -hmm. also being very serious. So, and another thing I would say is education, right? Educating my daughters on like the criminal justice system, you know, educating them, just continuing to educate them on the Black experience, not just from their own, but like, you know, what are thinkers? who were from the civil rights era, what did they have to say about police violence and racism, right? And segregation and, you know, all these other issues that we might say that this is not attached to, but it is absolutely attached to, right? This is just another manifestation of many things in our past. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, those are the kinds of conversations that we have been having as a family. And how, how do you think we can help children process what is happening yeah, I say, you know, age appropriate, bite sized, multiple conversations, right? Mm-hmm. My nine year old says in our um, podcast on Friday, she made this statement you can't tell kids all the information at once. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So your nine year old said this? Yeah, she's like, we, like, I'm serious. Like, you know, we talk about like, how do you talk to kids about the seriousness of the police brutality? And should we tell kids all of the gory details? And so, you know, we all have come to a consensus in our family that age appropriate, right? Younger kids, you know, under, I would say under third grade, you want to talk about here's what's happening in the world, right? Like, you know, Black people are experiencing racism, right? Not every Black person is getting killed by the police right now, right? Because sometimes when you talk about it, like, you know, your child might think, oh my God, every Black person is going to get killed by the police, right? You want to contextualize it just a little bit, um, but also let them know, like, this is a serious thing and here's what's happened, right? Um, I would also say centering empathy, right? And having and asking your kids, how do they feel about it? You know, Mm -hmm. asking them like, well, this is a scenario, you know, George Floyd was murdered by the police. Right. You know, how do you feel, you know, about about that? Like, what do you think about that? Right. And let's talk about it. There'll be questions come up probably that, you know, your child might ask you, well, what was he innocent or was he um, guilty? Right. You know, and then you have to work through that. Like, does it matter if someone is guilty or innocent? you know, if they, if they are murdered by the police, right? Like, because ultimately the constitution, we want to make sure that everyone gets to exercise their rights. So like work, you know, helping kids to work through this and continually asking them questions because you want to know what's on their mind. You never want to put what's in their mind, right? Like you want to like, uh, like guide them through formulating their own opinions about things, critical thinking about, about stuff. That's beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like with your older kids, like you can talk about some of the more gory details. Like I wouldn't say show them, you know, although my nine-year-old said that someone in her class saw the video, right? Like wow. of George Floyd. And so I was shocked because I haven't shown the video to my kids yet. And we've been talking about it. We read about it, um, but we didn't watch the video. So again, that's your own family's choice. There is no judgment there. Again, if you're watching rated R movies or your kid is watching rated R movies or listening to explicit lyrics, they're, you know, they can probably handle some of the stuff, but it always has to be coupled with conversation. Like always, you can't just show a kid and then like walk out of the room and be like, here, you're going to look at this. What do you think about it? 
oh. see you later. Like, no, like, you, like that's right. <laughs> Good luck. Now fix the world. Love you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the kid is looking at you like, what are you doing? You know? Like, so like, you really want to like, you know, in all seriousness, like walk, again, walk your child through it, even if they're a senior in high school. And I say, if your kid can drive, right? You need to talk to your kids, especially about the police and being pulled over. And what does that mean, right? If you, your child is white and they are, have an engagement with the police, you know, talk about it. Like some of your black friends have a, might, might have a different experience, right? Or statistically will disproportionately have a different experience than you will have. What does that mean? What do you think about that? Right. What is our responsibility if, you know, we're riding all in the car together, right? And there's a situation that's leaning toward making you uncomfortable because you're seeing that that's racist, right? Like, you know, talk through that. How do you be an ally in situations like that? Um, so, you know, they, again, age appropriate, lots of critical thinking, lots of asking questions, you're, you know, and then pulling out and then searching for information. So sorry to like, just keep talking, but like parents don't have all the answers. We just don't. No. So, right. Like, we have mostly no answers. And so like <laughs> what I would say is definitely when you're stuck, use Google, right? Like, you know, yes. <laughs> like I, I use Google all the time. I'm like, all right, I don't know the answer to this question um, about the statistics of black people being pulled over versus white people being pulled over. I'm going to go to Pew Research Center and like find that information or, you know, or some other research center to find that information, right? Equal justice um, in- initiative, right? Like there are places that have a wealth of information to help you figure out like what are what's going on with race in America. You don't have to. Right. People, people will go to Google, like if their kids like, uh, what do um, butterflies eat or whatever, exactly. but they won't go to Google looking for like race statistics. So right. <laughs> you are, you are free now to go look on Google for, I mean, obviously, you know, check your sources, but yeah. um, cause the internet is a scary place. Yeah. Um, you know, I found that, um, cause five is an age when you can certainly have conversations. It ends up being a lot of like bad guy, good guy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, which, you know, is hard when you're kind of like, there, there's so much gray area and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found the conversation opened up cause I had been talking about it and, um, but nothing was clicking. And when I took her to a protest is when she started to ask questions about mm-hmm. why people were protesting. So we could kind of get into it a little bit more. Yeah. The race in America, it's t- like I tell people, it's taken us 400 years to get here. It's probably going to take us another 400 years to get better. Right. So mm-hmm. just committing yourself to little bits on your lifelong journey to being anti-racist is awesome, right? It's not, you don't have to bite off the whole thing because we're not solving this tomorrow. What isn't helpful for parents to kind of pursue? What's not helpful is Mm -hmm. not talking about it at all, right? Mm -hmm. And being like super awkward, right? Like, and being like, uh, you know, we're not talking about race in this family. You know, like everyone's the same, you know, colorblindness is also harmful, you know, that everyone's just the same. You know, I think, we have to be comfortable 
every one of us with acknowledging race, right? And acknowledging what goes along with it, right? Like each and every one of us um, has a unique story and a unique um, thing about us. And so we need to make sure that we acknowledge that. We need to make sure that we acknowledge the struggles that different people have living in the United States and the world in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's one thing, you know, just trying to erase everything that's that's not good. Um, I would also say other things that I, I wrote actually a few notes, so I'm going to... Oh, yeah, so prepared. For you. The um, ac- ever the academic. Okay. So I would say, you know, we're with race, we have to talk about it. So the not talking about it and the, if your child acknowledges the race of someone else, like, you know, let's say you're a white mom and your, your child is like, Hey, there's that black girl over there. Like, she's my friend. Let her say that. Right. Especially if the girl is black. Right. I think there's also the tendency to be like, don't, don't, don't say that. Right. It's like, like, let them acknowledge because we, we want people to see the differences in each other. Like, I think that that's important. I think that that's a huge evolutionary step in our society that we need to make, right? It's seeing difference and accepting difference. And then also like when we make mistakes, we want to make sure that we apologize for the mistakes that we make, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this moment is heightened. So a lot of people are very like, "Uh, I don't want to do anything to harm anyone else, right? But you, you just never know what's going to happen. You never know what, if you're going to say the wrong thing now or in the future. So just being humble and willing to say, all right, I apologize. And that's everyone, right? One more thing that I would say is that's very critical right now in this moment. My daughter is seeing a lot of kids, especially playing like Roblox. It's like this video game that they all play. Mm-hmm. Kids are like, they're changing their skin tone to black skin tones. And they're they're doing it in solidarity, but I would say like that's like that's a huge no no because that's like blackface, right? So like that's digital blackface. So I would say for this moment right now, that's something that's actually just happened that my daughters and I have talked about, right? Like so, don't change your avatar or you know paint your skin brown in, in solidarity. Just just stand in solidarity. You standing in solidarity is just fine, right? Um, so those are those are the, a few no nos that I I would say hey maybe not. So let's talk about history a little bit, uh, because I've always been interested in the women, untold women's history, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also learning more about the untold racial history in our country. Um, What needs to change about teaching history in the United States? Yeah, so we need to tell full, complete, and factual stories, right? Because truth is subjective sometimes, right? So all the time, <laughs> right? Like depending on who's telling it. So we yeah. want to like really focus, right? focus on like full, complete and factual truths. Oh, not truths, histories. See, mm-hmm. like I like truths. Um, so, you know, part of that is researching, right? Like, and, and also coming to terms with America's history. Like America has a lot, well, the United States has a lot of beautiful things about it, right? There the framers of the constitution were brilliant men, you know, they're, um, they had great ideas, but they also had slaves, right? Some of them, not all of them, you know? So, and I talk to my kids about this all the time. I'm like, you know, 
I love the United States. I consider it a great place. I consider democracy a really awesome tool for getting the job done, right? Um, However, on the other hand, we have used democracy in some ways to prevent people from participating. And we have to be honest with that. You know, we have, we have to say, okay, our bad. Now, how can we move forward? Right. Talking about, um, you know, 1619, right. I recommend that everyone read the 1619 project, um, mm-hmm. because it talks about the first enslaved Africans who were brought to the United States and that the lasting legacy and impact of enslavement on the United States economy, you know, uh, on the way that we set up policies around, um, you know, who and who does not who does and who does not have access to resources in this country, right? Post, you know, uh, emancipation. So like, we really need to talk about that as a country and be okay with it, right? Like some of your heroes from history might be a bit tarnished and that's fine because people are complex, right? I'm complex. I make a ton of mistakes all the time. If you ask my kids, you know, (laughs) like like, honest to God, right? They're like, uh, this woman is super flawed. You know, so (laughs) I'm flawed, right? Like, so is everyone else. We cannot have these like, like holy stories, right? Where we can't change anything and we can't explore deeper and we can't push the envelope to understand the complexity of the human experience um, to just for the sake of preserving tradition, right? Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, thinking about like, I always use Andrew Jackson for an example, right? Like the moving of indigenous people off their land and out West, just in the name of expansion, like we have to talk about that, right? We have to allow kids and now even adults the space to critically think about, you know, hey, this is a bummer, right? How do we move forward? How do we protect the rights of indigenous people moving forward, right? How do we ensure that, you know, um, Black people and non-Black people of color have equal access to opportunities in the United States, right? What can we look at from history that was not that great that we want to make sure that we do not repeat in the present, right? For the future. I mean, yeah, unfortunately we are doing it already just with, um, you know, uh, undocumented workers and Mm -hmm. not giving them rights. And it is, it's frustrating that clearly the problem is still like, has not been addressed at all. Absolutely. 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 And again, we can't, we're not going to solve all of these problems overnight. However, you know, if we establish this whole idea that a good quality, you know, history education matched up with civics, because, you know, I'm just going to keep beating that drum, you know, that, (laughs) that allows us to say, we looked at our past mistakes, we're looking at the responsibilities of citizens and civic actors right now, right? And like, how can we all work together to improve that, right? When we empower groups of people, it does not take power away from anyone else. And I think that that's a problem with the way that people think. They think if I empower this person, I'm pow- I, I've lost power. Actually, <laughs> everyone's now everyone's empowered, right? Like <laughs> everyone is empowered. So um, just we need some shifts. And uh, once we have a couple shifts, I think we'll be okay. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Um, how, how is race currently being taught in schools? You know, honestly, I don't think it is. You know, I think... Only when incidences come up, like let's say kids are passing around, you know, racist memes, you know, and the administration has to address it. Or, you know, in the instance like my daughter, where like a white boy went in and put his hands in her hair, right? Like that, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the, I think those are the only times, the severe moments. Um, sometimes it might come up in classes, in class discussions. But again, I feel like teachers, or I'm hearing, from educators that we have to support them to be able to have these conversations in the classroom, right? Like parents have to be okay with their kids exploring things at school and not believing that their school is going to indoctrinate their kids, right? Like, (laughs) you know, you know, we got to let loose the reins a bit, right? And just say, you know what, my kid's going to learn something new at school. I'm going to talk I'm a, when they come home. I'm going to talk to them about it. And if it raises an eyebrow, I can always go in and speak to the teacher or the principal. Right. Um, but the, this idea of like indoctrinating kids is it also puts a pressure on the teachers to not go deeper on subjects in the class, subjects like race. You know, where, you know, those are very important things. Subjects like systematic racism, right? Where does racism show up that is structurally designed to prevent people from participating and people from having full access, uh, just like everyone else, right? So we want to allow educators that space to do that. And we want to support them in it because they're trained professionals, right? Like we could do more. I think also teaching um, kids how to, what's the best way for me to put it? Like have empathy, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the center of being, I think anti-racist is action, right? But after that action, it's like, how do I have empathy to be able to see where someone else is experiencing pain points and then say, all right, like, how do I solve this problem? How do I work with them to solve this problem? How do I listen better? We really need to tap into social emotional learning side of mm-hmm. teaching about race and unlearning racism or or learning about how to talk about racism. I don't know if I'm like putting all that together, those words together. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a global pandemic. Everything oh makes sense God. and nothing makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Confederate monuments that have mm-hmm. been um, torn down. I mean, we still have them in our country and I was just looking up I was like well there, there's probably more in Maryland than in California I was wrong there's a street named after some confederate dude uh right near me which I was like what that's so weird in California but um how do you talk to your kids about that is that a conversation that's been coming up just because your kids are older and the news and Yeah, we will actually, we talked about the Confederacy all the time because, you know, Civil War and my daughter at the beginning of COVID-19 was reading up on Abraham Lincoln. She was Mm -hmm. reading one, a biography about him. So we talked about that. You know, we talked about the Civil War being simply a manifestation of economic as well as social 
you know, justice on the abolitionist side, as well as industrialization, right? So, you know, there's a lot going on that's the civil war is being fought for. It wasn't just like to free the slaves or to keep the union together. There were a lot of complex layers that went into the, that decision and went into that war. And so, you know, we talked about the Confederacy and, you know, we talked about like, you know, what does it mean for a country to be invested in ensuring essentially like that white men still feel good about themselves, even though they lost. Right. And like, you know, how do we work through that? Like how do I think personally that before we tear down all of these monuments, we need to have a discussion about who's on the monument. Right. Like, you know, what did they actually do? Right. Because if you just tear it down and then you don't do any learning after it, people don't fully understand why it was torn down. There are a lot of people that are still invested in those monuments, invested in those street signs, right? Invested in the names of those parks. And so we have to talk about like, why, right? Why is that investment there, right? Um, You know, what can we do to move forward? What do those symbols mean to other people, specifically Black people, right? You know, um, you know, how is that harmful for Black people? You know, so like lots of conversations, and I think community discussions need to be had as these Confederate monuments and signs and renaming occur. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to just to center it in like, And now we're moving forward, right? Because again, just to topple it over, there's going to be resentment. And so we need to unlearn that resentment, right? Mm -hmm. We need to unlearn and take care of the people who, there are people who are like, this represents Southern culture. Well, if that represents Southern culture, part of the Southern culture that you're enjoying that it's represented is slavery. You have to be honest about it, right? You have to, you have to own that and let's talk about it, right? Like, you know, let's, let's have a discussion and it's okay to disagree. That's the other thing um, that we need to have a little bit more of. Like when we have these discussions, we're not centering consensus. We're centering, like everyone gets to talk and we get to learn from each other and we get to hear each other out. Hopefully we all leave better when we're done. So, uh, you know, people are invested in heritage, right? Mm -hmm. Like heritage is an extremely important thing. And so there's a lot of investment in these Confederate monuments and Confederate mm-hmm. statues. And we need to have a discussion as a country about that and be honest, be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about um, why most, I mean, I know, I kind of know the answer why most white Americans only recently learned about the Tulsa race massacre of 1921. Mm-hmm. It, I credit um, the Watchmen for mm-hmm. bringing it to light, but that was an amazing. Did, like you're you're done watching the whole thing, right? Oh so, yes, it's the greatest greatest oh series I've God. ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I was literally the whole time was like, oh my God! Though I forget what episode it was, I don't want to give anything away. Never mind. But like you can, I, okay, if they haven't great. watched it by now, you need to. Yeah, <laughs> but, like there was a moment when the grandfather had they put the hood over his head and that they were about to hang him. Right. <laughs> right. That part, I definitely had a moment of like, like not PTSD. Cause I don't, I want to respect that. But like, I just had a, like a moment of like, like, Oh my, like almost, Oh my God, because the way that they shot it, you know, beautifully shot, but also places you, the viewer in that as you are him. Right. And so I was just like this, 
who is who are the writers on this? Who who are like this? It, it's it's cinematic cinematic art and also like very informative, but also like in in just a futuristic way. Like I could I don't know I don't want to keep going on, but like yes, The Watchmen, amazing. Yeah, and Sorry. also no no, but also that this is something that uh, is not taught in history books is mm-hmm. or many history books I should say. I don't want to blanket it. And it's definitely not taught in like white American education at Mm -hmm. all. Why, why do you think that is? It was a huge, like devastating um, massacre. You know, again, like we want to focus on the bright and beautifulness of, and the cleanliness, right. Of our society. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely a social stain on this country, right? Definitely not a bright spot. Definitely has you question, like, you know, the people in the, it's like, these are your neighbors that came over and did this to you, right? Um, So like having just to contextualize it all and think about it, I would say, you know, racial terror for Black people is something that we have been dealing with and passing down stories like that. Tulsa was not the only place that mm-hmm. that happened, right? You know, that was not the only one time, you know, in, in American history where a lot of people were, were massacred who were Black. And so, you know, and I think pretty much every Black American person either has a story about lynching or knows someone who has a story in their family about lynching, right? Especially if your family's from the South. And so, you know, for Black people, these things are not novel. And it's good that our society is beginning to evolve to be able to, you know, to talk about this, right? And white society is be, a- be able to talk about this more, right? To be able to acknowledge this more, right? Um, so that there aren't whispers amongst ourselves, like we can all sit down and have a conversation. Again, like I think we really like to focus on what's good and we don't like to focus on where we've gone wrong, right? We have, mm-hmm. there are, there are a lot of successes that make up the story of the United States, but unfortunately there are also a lot of, you know, I don't want to call them failures, but you know, we can, I think there are places where, you know, we really need to dig deep and rectify, you know, it's not necessarily go back and like make things up, but just like, okay, that happened. Just acknowledging that that happened. Right. 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 Well, one last thing I would say is, I encourage every white family, also non-black families of color and black families too, to watch Eyes on the Prize. You know, there's a PBS docu-series. It's called Eyes on the Prize. It has a ton of information, especially like civil rights era. You know, you will have the that some of those photos of like, um, you know, the dogs and like the water hoses. So, you know, little kids, that's not for them. Mm-hmm. But my mom definitely showed that to us. And that was one thing I think that inspired me to become an African-American studies major, right? Because as I watched, I was like, okay, we didn't hear about this in school, right? You know, so documentaries are are just a beautiful place where people can find full narratives, right? So searching for the documentaries um, that that highlight things like this will help you significantly uh, with your unlearning and also relearning American history. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot, uh, obviously there's a lot of work to be done to pull apart these systems that have been in place for generations. Um, what gives you hope? 
other than your three amazing children who <laughs> I nominate for Supreme Court already in advance. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I, I've said this before to someone, but, you know, my grandfather on my father's side was a sharecropper, right? He grew up in Mississippi. It's one of the racist, most racist places in the United States. You know, like he grew up in some very terrible, deplorable, you know, conditions, you know, and he ended up becoming an engineer, right? And, you know, retired from being an engineer. And so he grew up listening to his grandfather who was a slave, right? And so he's listening to narratives about slavery from his grandfather. And I'm listening to narratives about sharecropping and slavery from my grandfather, right? So like, it kind of to put it into context, what gives me hope is, you know, I'll be able to tell stories about slavery and sharecropping and integration and, um, you know, Jim Crow era, right? And like, you know, all the things that I've experienced within my identity, you know, and pass that down to my own grandkids who hopefully will have better stories and all of these stories collected, right? To tell to their grandkids. So that's, that's what gives me hope, you know, and, and obviously similar thing on my maternal grandparents' side, right? Like just lots of stories of just like working super hard and like being lucky in many ways, right? Because it's not just hard work, right? You know, just being fortunate that you're in not in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, that you're you're able to have uh, opportunities that come and being able to take advantage of those opportunities when you can, you know? So like, my hope is that my kids won't be so, my grandkids won't be so stressed, I think, right? About race. Hopefully we will evolve to a place where open discussion about systematic racism and dismantling it aren't seen as taboo or uncomfortable, that they're seen as an action plan. What are we doing now? Right. Or what have we already done even? So yeah, so that's what gives me the most hope, right? That we are evolving. And I'll say also other hope, the New York Times bestseller, (laughs) the bestseller uh, list and the Amazon bestseller list, both of those lists for the long, for like the last two or three weeks were all books about anti-racism and racism in America. So people are trying to unlearn a lot of things. And so that's super hopeful. Um, that, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, that, that is absolutely incredible. Also, we're putting a lot of pressure on our girls to be, have grandkids. So, or. Yeah. I, I tell them all that, you don't have to, you know, I mean, I, I was never having kids. I was, I told my mom, like, I'm never having kids. Yeah. You know? I know. <laughs> I never thought I would. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. What was oh I, God. what was yeah. I so stressed out about? Right. Now, I have a personal question for you. Did you, yeah. do you, you mentioned, um, you know, about your kid, your grand, you hope your grandkids won't feel stressed about racism every day. Is this something that you wake up or is there a, a, a part of your life that you remember that you would wake up and your race would just be the first thing on your mind? I would say because uh, of this time, right, in the United States story, your race is kind of like in the back of your mind, you're always saying, was that racist? You know, so like because we had gotten to this point in our society where it's quote unquote, you know, post-racial, right? Like everyone's like, it's post-racial, which, you know, those of us who are black and non-black people of color, we're like, I don't know about that, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, who made this rule? I don't feel like it was us. <laughs> it was great, but it didn't change, you know, the whole thing, right? Um, so, like, you know, I think I spent a lot of time second guessing if things were racist or not. Am I being hypersensitive to my own identity as I walk in this world? Right. Uh, which makes you kind of crazy. You know, like you you have an engagement in the grocery store and you're like, was that racist? You know, and then you're like, OK, it, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Or, you know, friends of mine who try to get VC funding. Right. And they don't get it. And they're like, is it because my idea is terrible? Because that idea is absolutely terrible. And they just got signed on for two million dollars and I got ten thousand dollars. Right. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that you're like, okay, what is going on, America? Right? Like, what is what is happening? So it's not a, it's not like I'm getting punched in the face by mm-hmm. racism. It's more like the the small pokes and needles that you're just like, okay, how do I address it? I don't even have the, I don't know if I have the skills to address that. Right? Like, how do you go to a VC funder and say? Dude, that two million dollar thing that you you got behind is like totally trash. But this ten thousand dollar idea by these black people over here is gonna change the world. And how can you how can you fund that that way, right? Yeah. Um, and just using that one because I think that that's the most you know pressing thing in the front of my mind that I've heard recently. So so yeah. So yes and no, Kimmy. I don't know if I answered your question. You um, did. You did. It's it's that's kind of the work right it's like yeah. how, how how do you like you're you know you're a busy mom I'm a busy mom like you know you yeah. see something go down like somebody says something to you that you're like in the back of your mind you're like was that racist or I say something and I'm like was do I do I sound racist you know like yeah. do we allow ourselves the time to try to have those discussions that people don't they just push it under the rug and move on with their day and right. um I think that's like, that's definitely the the hardest part. And the beauty of being a parent is that, you know, we have their undivided attention or they don't get their iPad. And we can have those discussions and make time for them, you know. Uh, can you tell me about your podcast, please? And, and the listeners, yeah. it sounds so fun and amazing. Yay. So uh, let's K-12 better. So let's K-1-2 better. Um, My daughters and I, you know, shelter in place was happening and we were super like bored. They finished their schoolwork early and like there was nothing else to do. And so we're like, okay, um, what's happening? Like we got to do something with this time. Like video games are great. Um, Online learning games are awesome. We fill our time with that. But I don't want to give you worksheets. I want to give you skills. And so this podcast is kind of a culmination of me teaching them, you know, digital media skills and me encouraging them to um, do some critical thinking and we have family discussions. So the podcast, um, we sit around and we have a topic. I'll open with a vignette of some sort, super short, and then we have a for real family discussion. So the, the purpose is to model for other people, you know, how... What what are the Mortleys talking about at their kitchen table? Because we're sitting at our kitchen table with our mics, right? You know, what? how do you talk to kids about race? What questions can you ask? So 
I ask all the questions and then let them share their ideas and their opinions. Um, and it's been, you know, super fruitful. Like the kids come up with some really wise, interesting things. You know, I just let them talk. It's not scripted. You know, I do edit a little bit because sometimes there's downtime. Sometimes there's a bit of arguing between siblings. Like it was my <laughs> turn to answer first, you know? Um, <laughs> so um, and every now and then, you know, you'll get an episode where we break out in song and do something crazy, right? So like, <laughs> so the, you know, that it's just our way to, I guess, process this moment in time um, and also share that with other people. Because a lot of people have asked me, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what that even looks like in a home. And so I'm like, you know what? Listen to our podcast. Uh, hopefully we give you a good example of how to do that. People can find us everywhere too. So we're on all of your favorite podcasting apps. That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time talking to me. You are a very yeah. inspiring person. And oh, you're inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> however, I can continue to amplify your cause and your, your work. Uh, you can always count on me. Thank you so much for the incredible interview. And thank you for reminding me that it is essential to listen and engage. A real ally must do the work on their own. And as you said, Amber, we need to unlearn and most importantly, teach our kids empathy. You can hear Amber's podcast, Let's K-12 Better, wherever you listen to podcasts. And please check out her blog, Mom of All Capes. I want to thank my guest, Amber Coleman-Mortley. It is moms like her that are creating a better world. Please reach out to me through our website, motherofallshows.com, if you have any questions, thoughts, or topics you'd like to hear. We are all over social media at MOASpod. This podcast is produced by Jen Perilini, music by Jerome Curtinbach, and edited by Tracy Levy. I am a proud part of the Erios Network. Please subscribe and rate The Mother of All Shows on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. It will really help us out. Oh, and wear your mask when you're in public. We all need to look out for one another because this pandemic is not leaving anytime soon. Let's make masks chic. I got an awesome mask from PuppetPie.com, um, who's a puppeteer on Sesame Street, and I could not look cuter. This is not even a paid advertisement. I just think it's cute. We will have links to the topics and resources we discussed today on our website. Remember the days when we were afraid to get our kids anywhere near chemicals, and now they can't leave the house without being showered down with chemicals? <laughs> oh, f***. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.